Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. I was planning on staying here for the month of December, but now we've trickled into the first of the year in the month of January. Uh, But in my time of study this week, I believe that the Lord was telling me something and navigating me to go in a certain direction and to communicate something with you as we start the year. We talked about in, in the first couple of episodes of Make Way for the King, we talked from Isaiah chapter 40 where the glory of the Lord was coming. It is the scripture, prepare the way for the Lord, right? It is John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 that is quoting Isaiah chapter 40 saying, prepare ye the way for the king. Come on, somebody. Y'all awake this morning. So John the Baptist prepares the way. And last week, we talked about how he came and why he came, the way that he came. Come on. We went from Luke chapter 2 and the Christmas story. I had hurt my back, so I wasn't able to preach it the week before Christmas but preached it last week, and it was about Jesus coming in the manger and why he actually came the way that he came. Come on, somebody. We need a king that we can relate to. Come on. I, I, don't, I don't need my king born in a palace with all those special robes and, and with all the silk sheets and all the fine stuff, right? I need a king that I can relate to. Come on, somebody. I, I need a king that will get down in my mess with me. Come on, somebody. Right? He was born in that... Uh, stable and it was messy in there and and there was all kind of animals around and chaos going on around and I'm glad that I have a king that I can relate to and now in part four we are transitioning into the king's return come on I said the king is coming back come on and as you can see we're starting out the new year in the book of Revelation. Jesus is the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Amen. I think we're tracking with Jesus on this one because we're starting in the last book of the Bible but it's the first year of the month. The kingdom is inverted, right? And you know a lot of preachers go from the angle and they want to talk about refreshing and restart and they'll be preaching from this whole concept of new year, new you. And trust me, I get all that. Hear me out. I'm not knocking that. I'm glad 2022 is here. Come on. I've been transparent about my 2021 all year long. I've been in a fight. I've been in a battle. It seems like all year long. It's crazy because God's just so good. It's been one of the hardest. It was one of the hardest years of my life, but it was also one of the most blessed years of my life. Come on, somebody. When you're walking with Jesus, the valley ain't so low anymore. So this is a year that is, it's a new year. It's, it's full of possibilities. It's full of dreams and goals being accomplished. It's the start of a new year where new vision needs to be cast in your life. Where we write the vision out and make it plain. Amen. Where we lock arms with individuals who can see the dreams and help us accomplish the dreams and and bring all of these things to pass. And we lock arms with them and make the dream come together. And trust me, I'm excited about all of those things. Excuse me. We're going to be we're going to be casting vision here at the church. I'm casting vision with the staff. I'm going to be casting vision with the staff of BTB and the other ministries. But I must be honest with you this morning. I came and I'm starting out 2022 from this pulpit with an old message. And you want to know what that old message is? It's a message that's been preached for 2000 plus years. 
and still ain't lost its power. Come on, somebody. I came to preach a message that the king is coming. Come on, read the shirt this morning. The king is coming back. Revelation chapter 19 breaks it down real nice and real simple. He ain't in a manger anymore. Come on, somebody. He ain't a little baby anymore. Come on, somebody. He ain't, watch this, he ain't on a cross anymore. He is coming and it, watch this, with how he came on palms. He ain't on a donkey anymore. He is riding a white horse and his eyes are like a flame of fire. Come on. His feet are like brass. His voice sounds like many waters. He has a sword coming from his mouth, which is the word of God. He's he's got king of kings and lord of lords on his body. He ain't in a manger anymore. He ain't in a grave anymore. Come on, somebody. Take your graven images down of him on a cross at the house. He ain't on the cross no more. He riding a white horse when he comes back. He's seated actually on the throne right now, wrapped in majestic glory and marvelous light that is unapproachable. And guess what he's doing sitting beside the Father? He's praying for you and he's praying for me. He is interceding on behalf of the saints. The king is coming. Come on, somebody. I said the king is coming. He's coming back, and he's coming back with an assignment. He's coming back to pick up his bride, who the Bible says will be spotless. Come on, somebody. The Bible says they'll be holy. Come on, somebody, because without holiness, you won't see God. The Bible says that he's coming back for a bride that is spotless and without blemish, and I got some good news for you today. You ain't spotless and blemished because of how good of a little boy or how good of a little girl you've been. You'll be spotless because of the precious blood of the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the very world. Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1 says, Those who are in Christ are found holy and blameless and righteous in God's sight if you're in Christ. Big qualification there. I I think it's awesome. I've been in a couple of court cases in my life. It's awesome when you're found not guilty. Come on, somebody. Heaven's set up like a courtroom. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's the DA. Come on, somebody. I'm done dealing with DAs right now. Don't help me, Holy Ghost. Keep your mouth shut, Caleb. The the case brought against you is your life. And watch this. It's the blood of Jesus that is the DNA proof that you have been found not guilty and you are innocent because of the finished work of the cross. Y'all ought to be shouting, dancing, and singing a lot better than what you are right now because you are not guilty. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be ashamed. You're not guilty. God's got a plan for your life. The king is coming back. He's coming back. Come on, church. The king's on the way. The king's on the way. The king is preparing a place for you. Come on. The message is simple today. Come on, church. The king is coming back. The king of kings and the Lord of lords is coming back today. We read it last week. He was in a manger the last time that we read about him, but this time that we're reading about him, he's riding on a stallion. Come on, somebody. He's riding on a white horse. His eyes are like fire. He is something magnificent to see, and you worried about the enemy attacking your life. Did you just read what we just read? 
Come on. You ain't got nothing to be fearful of anymore. You've got nothing to be scared of anymore. Come on. He is not lowly anymore. He is wrapped in marvelous light and he is majestic. Come on. I said he's got a name tattooed on him that nobody knows. For all y'all religious folk talking about people with tattoos. Jesus got a tattoo too. Come on. Look, for all y'all that didn't believe in, in tongues, he got a tattoo in tongues. Some of them, go, they going to be mad when they see the king coming back. Some folks going to be upset. I told you that we don't serve a king. This is what I love about Jesus. Jesus is not a king that you get to put in your box. Jesus come how he want to come. Jesus says what he wants to say. Because what he wants to say is what the father told him to say. Come on. He never spoke anything unless the father told him to speak it. And he is the visible image of the invisible God. Come on. Colossians 1 and 15, right? Jesus just doesn't come. So you want to know? Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for revelation. You want to know what that means? Is that people have these concepts of God the Father in their mind. But if they don't match up with what Jesus looked like on the earth, their concepts can get thrown out the window. The king is coming back, y'all. I said it a second ago. He ain't on a cross anymore. Come on, he ain't on a... Look, y'all, I'm thankful for the cross of Jesus Christ, but we got to get rid of them graven images with him on them because he ain't on the cross anymore. My king isn't on a cross anymore. He has risen and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. His eyes are like fire and his hair is white as wool. He has a sash going across his chest that says he is the word of God. He's the logos. Come on, somebody. You want to know what logos means? It means that he is the full concept of God. Honey, would you hand me that big Bible right there? I might hit Jasper across the head with this thing. See how holy he is. This is the Logos. This is the full concept of God. And this is what Jesus is. Jesus is the Logos. He is the full concept of God the Father himself. He's the Logos. He is the word. Come on, the king's coming back. I said the king's coming back. Make way for the king. Come on, somebody. Make room for the king in your life because he's on his way and he's coming back. He's coming back. He has a sash around his neck that says the word of God to let you know what that is coming from his mouth. Word comes from the mouth, right? Words come from your mouth. And it's God's word that will cut down his enemies and bring judgment to those who don't follow him. God doesn't fight like we fight. God doesn't need a sword. All he needs is a word. Because if God ever speaks a word to your enemy about him attacking you, that enemy will be obliterated and destroyed in an instant. God don't need a sword. He got his word. Make way for the king. Come on. We got to make room for the king in our lives. We got to make room for the king in this church. We need to make room for the king in our city. We need to make room for him in our state. And we, once again, in the nation of America, must make room for the king. The king is coming back, and he's coming back with an assignment. This is why it frustrates me to no end when we go out and do evangelism and we talk about say this little prayer. Ask Jesus into your heart and punch your ticket to get you to heaven one day. That's cheapening the gospel. That's cheapening the gospel because that's not what following Christ is about. Sure, 
If you die before he comes, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You'll go to heaven, but come on, somebody. That is not the end game of Christianity to just get out of earth one day and make it to heaven, and then we'll gather around a throne and sing kumbaya. I'm about to break this thing down for you real quick, fast, in a hurry today because I'm telling you, there's more to Christianity than just punching and getting your ticket into heaven one day. Following Christ and Christianity is about a relationship with your creator. It's about knowing the God who spoke everything that you see into an, ex- into an existence. It's about knowing the God who shaped you and formed you in your mother's womb and knew you before you ever took a breath on the face of the earth. This is about knowing the creator, Yahweh. Come on. This is about knowing his son, Jesus, who can set you free from everything that you've got going on, who can heal every bone in your body, who can also take you to eternity with him. But guess what? You're coming back. Uh, We're going to get there in a second. It's about God getting an opportunity, watch this, to once again walk with his people in the cool of the day. Christianity is about God, the Father, and his son, Jesus Christ, getting to be one with his creation once again. Because when sin crept in, he had to bounce. Come on, somebody. God is holy. He is separate. He is sanctified. He is set apart. He can't have anything to do with sin. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why Jesus had to come. But God's end game, watch this, is for a new heaven and a new earth to collide with one another and for him to once again be with his people, which is Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. Y'all can read Revelation, I promise you. Don't be scared. It's okay. A lot of stuff Jesus says in the book of Revelation. Amen. And we'll get to Revelation 21 and 22 here in a second. But back to the assignment of the king. He's coming back to accomplish things that he foretold us was coming. And the Bible says you cannot afford to be ignorant of these things. You cannot afford to be ignorant of these things. That is a very strong word. Let somebody call me ignorant. Be struggling to keep my Christianity. That was a joke. But that's a strong word. You ignorant. Could you imagine somebody tell you that? Look, now y'all getting it. It took you a second, but now you're getting it. Now you get it. Watch this. The second coming of Jesus is not about singing kumbaya in heaven on a cloud with little angels with their butt showing. Some of y'all still got them pictures in your house, don't you? Got little wings coming out the back, playing the harp. That ain't heaven, y'all. That ain't heaven, (laughs) y'all. It's not about him coming back to sing Kumbaya. His second coming is about gathering the saints at the rapture and sparing us from tribulation that is about to hit the earth. The sword in his mouth is about to bring judgment to the earth when he is coming in Revelation chapter 19. When he comes, he will be coming with the angels and the saints of God who have died before us and who have went to heaven with him. And we are going to meet him in the clouds and then we go into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Come on somebody 
That's, that's if you didn't know, now you know. Come on. That's what we were singing a second ago about the marriage supper of the Lamb that will take place in heaven. It's where the rapture happens and God takes us up to heaven for the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to preach on it next week. But in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus talks about this great banquet that is taking place. At that great banquet, he is prophesying about the marriage supper of the Lamb that will take place in Revelation chapter 19, which we'll get to here in just a second. Y'all have heard me say this before. Look, the rapture is not a rescue mission. Come on, we got too many people trying to get saved and sit on the pew and just waiting on Jesus to show up and get them out of here. To hell with the earth and to us with heaven. That's not what the rapture is about. The rapture is a pickup for a wedding day. The rapture isn't get us to heaven and to hell with the earth. And we know this to be true because when the rapture takes place, Jesus is still allowing people to say yes to him. Come on, man. We got to know this stuff. We know it's not a rescue mission because in the tribulation, people will still be getting saved and they will be martyred for their faith. Their head will be chopped off. Sometimes I look out my house, I'm like, what chapter of Revelation we in today? Especially in the last two years. It's getting crazy, y'all. It's getting crazy. I'm not, I'm not one of these uh, preachers up here talking about vaccines and COVID and all this stuff. is the mark of the beast and all that. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's preparing the way. It is preparing the way because when they can get control of a person and say, you can't eat unless you got this or you got that. You can't buy and sell unless you got this or you got that. Y'all better, y'all better start reading your Bible. We, we got to start reading our Bible, y'all. All this stuff is the Antichrist spirit preparing the way. Some of y'all, uh-oh, I missed that one. <laughs> Some of y'all looking at me funny too, like, what, what is the rapture? This brother's talking about stuff I, I, I just don't know what it is that he's talking about. So let's look at what the rapture is. Rapture is not a word that you will find in your Bible, but the word itself Watch this, is a meaning of intense pleasure and joy. The word rapture itself, y'all probably never heard that one before, right? It means intense pleasure and joy. This word was tied into this theological stance because this is how you are going to feel when you are caught up into the clouds and you see King Jesus riding on a white stallion, come on, with eyes like fire and his hair white as wool and while he is speaking his voice will sound like many waters as he comes with a loud trumpet telling the angels to gather up the saints of God and they will meet with him in the sky you will feel a euphoria and intense pleasure and joy like you never have some of y'all gonna be like floating in the sky I can't believe I made it we made it <laughs> we're gonna have intense joy come on Pleasure like never before, understanding that the king of glory has come to get you. 
Understanding that you have been saved from the place called hell where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Come on, I'm going to preach this today. Too many preachers won't talk about hell, but can I help us today? Hell is still real and hell is still hot. And if you do not have a relationship with Christ Jesus, I ain't talking about saying a little prayer and asking Jesus into your heart. If you don't know him and he don't know you, you will be separated from God for an eternity, long time, away from your creator and you will go to a place that was never even created for mankind it was created for the fallen angels and his demons that revolted in heaven can I tell you why do you we talk about Satan being so mad and vicious and trying to destroy us do you want to know why Satan is so mad and he's so vicious and he wants to destroy you and he wants to kill you and he wants to take you out before you ever say yes to Jesus it is because there is no forgiveness for him God created forgiveness for his creation of mankind and wrapped himself in flesh and blood to come and save me and you. But he didn't do it for them fallen angels who the Bible says left their place. They were already with God. They, they were never separated from him. They were already with him. They had, they had watched him make the earth. They had watched him make mankind. Their assignment was to minister to us. Angels are ministering spirits. They were created to worship God, just like we're created to worship God, and lead in God mankind. And these angels left their place of dwelling with the Father because they wanted to go have some wives and make some babies, which are the Nephilim, which are giants. And they wanted to revolt against God, Satan himself, in Ezekiel 36 or 38 says, I will exalt myself above the stars of God and I will be like the most high. He left his place. He was, a, he was an archangel, a cherubim angel that hovered above God. Satan doesn't look like what you see on TV. Ezekiel describes him as having diamonds and sapphires and all of these precious jewels all throughout his skin and his organs, pipes coming out of his back. Can you imagine the sight? Wow. And he was known as the most beautiful angel. His face is probably gorgeous. That's why he's so cunning and deceptive. Why do you think music influences our teenagers and generation after generation after generation? It's because he led worship in heaven. I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all learning something today. Come on. First service of the year. We going deep. I love this stuff. Come on. We got to understand and know these things. We have to understand and know these things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So rapture. An intense euphoria. It is an intense pleasure and joy. It's what's going to happen when you're caught up in the clouds on your way to heaven. Watch this. Rapture is an eschatological, theological position. Come on, I said that. Thank you, mama. That's embarrassing sometimes, mom. Just kidding, I'm just kidding. I love my mama, forget (laughs) y'all. Position, watch this, it's a theological position held by some Christians, particularly with branches of American evangelicalism. Consisting of an end time event when all Christians and believers who are alive along with resurrected believers would rise in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. The origin origin of these terms extends from Paul's epistles, especially Thessalonians in the Bible, in which he uses the Greek word harpazo. 
meaning to snatch away or to seize, and explains that believers in Jesus Christ will be snatched away from the earth into the air. <clears throat> so let's go to the word. If you could pull up 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Come on, we're about to read some scripture in the house. Y'all okay? All right. 1 Corinthians 4, 13 through 18. Watch this. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Don't be ignorant, Paul says. Let me say that again. Don't be ignorant, Paul says. Brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him with those who are asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. This ain't Paul just saying something. These things we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, oh, excuse me, of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven and shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Paul is saying those who have fallen asleep before we have, a.k.a. those who are dead, they will go and be with the Lord. Their spirit will be with the Lord, and then they will come back with the Lord in Revelation chapter 19. Amen. And where it says caught up together in verse 17, that's the Greek word hapazo. It's where the Lord snatches up the bride in the twinkling of an eye and we are caught up in the air with the old saints and we get new bodies and we are immortal and not mortal anymore. And people say the Bible is boring. This is a scene out of a Marvel movie. Come on, somebody. I can't stand it when people tell, man, I just can't read the Bible. The Bible is born. Did you just hear that? <laughs> Jesus is coming back. He coming back with the saints of God. Dead people going to kick open their grave. Talk about I'm out of here. The same thing that happens in Ezekiel where bones are put back together. Come on, oh, come on. Bones and joints and marrows locked back up together and skin comes on them and an army of the Lord around. Sounds like something in Thessalonians. What is it that Ezekiel is seeing there? Thank you, Lord, for revelation while preaching, because I didn't even think about that either. What do you think is what do you think Ezekiel is seeing? He's a prophet. He sees future events. He sees what is happening. He sees what's going on. Because watch this, when Jesus comes back in Revelation 19, we'll get there in the next couple of weeks. There's a war fitting to happen. Come on, Jesus ain't coming back like he was here before. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He ain't a baby no more. He's coming to bring war. So watch this. Let's see what Jesus has to say about this in Matthew chapter 24. Because we need to match up what Paul is saying with what Jesus has said, right? You can always verify the word with the word. Come on, somebody. Matthew chapter 24. But about the day and hour, no one knows. So you don't know when he's coming back. Not even the angels of heaven. Watch this. Nor the son. Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back. All he knows is that when the father says go, he's fitting to saddle up that horse and he's coming to get his bride. The son 
doesn't know but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like in the days of Noah. Sounds familiar to these days, right? For as in the days of Noah before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. They're not just marrying and giving in marriage. They're marrying men and men and women and women. They live in reckless out here. Y'all better pay attention. Until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. At that time, there will be two men in a field, and one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken, and one will be left. This is called the rapture. My mama used to scare me about the rapture. (laughs) Look, I couldn't find her in the house sometimes. She'd be out in the backyard or something like, oh, no, I got left. (laughs) They had all them movies, too, when I was a kid that just came out. Hey, some of y'all young generation, y'all don't know about that. Go watch them. They're called Left Behind. (laughs) They got books and everything. I think I'm going to have Aiden write some reports on them. We homeschooling now. I'm going to get him. (laughs) You too, Asher. (laughs) that's right two will be in a field one will be taken and one will be left two women will be grinding at a mill and one will be taken and one will be left the one that is taken is the one that's right with God and they standing right beside each other y'all they sitting right beside each other y'all you got to make sure that you're right with the king come on I said you got to make sure you're right right with the king verse 42 says therefore be alert For you do not know the day of the Lord's coming, but be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known what time of night the thief was coming, he would have been on alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You need to be alert because you got an enemy that's trying to break in your house and steal everything that you've got. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's trying to break in your house. You better make sure you're paying attention to your house and what's going on in your house. This is a tent, y'all. Your flesh is just a tent. What's going on in your house? For this reason, you must be ready as well for the Son of Man is coming and the hour which you do not think that he will. The Bible also says that they will be saying peace and prosperity. Watch this. That is the rapture. That is the rapture when he comes back. Oh, y'all want some more word? Hang on. I'm going to give you some more word. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bones cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you this wonderful secret, this wonderful mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye. Have y'all caught that twice now? In the blink of an eye. Help me, Holy Ghost, because I got to be careful here. Y'all ever seen them movies where, like, aliens be abducting people and stuff? Like, that's what they think is going to happen. I really believe that, I'm just going to say it from the pulpit. Oh, well, y'all send me some emails if you think I'm crazy. I really believe that the great falling away that is talked about is going to be an alien agenda. They are going to tell people when the rapture happens, aliens must have took them. Oh, see, some of y'all getting it. One, two, three, four. Then it's waving back. I'm telling y'all, 
I'm telling, I'm telling you right now, it is going to be, it's the great deception, which is the Bible says it's so strong that almost the elect, almost the saints of God are deceived. So, yeah, come on. So, we, <laughs> hey, them ones praying and reading, come on, we ain't falling for that. Hey, the rapture happens and you get left behind. Here's a great thing, too, about the rapture happening. If you get left behind, you can hit your knees. And say, Jesus, forgive me. It's time for me to get right. I have been left behind, and I'm ready to go get martyred. Just, just go find a line where you can go get your head lopped off. And you'll go, you, then you'll be caught up into the heaven right after that. This is serious stuff. This is true. This is what the Bible describes will be happening when the Antichrist is ruling the earth. Christians will be martyred for their faith. You'll find out real quick how big of a Christian you are when they say, I'm fixing to take your head off. Mm -hmm. See, here's the crazy thing about America. See, we really have a blindfold over our eyes because we don't see none of that stuff over here. Let me tell you right now, in the Middle East, I just left India a couple years ago. They'll beat you to death and kill you and take your head off if you tell them you're a Christian. We ain't seen persecution yet. It's coming. And I can see it forming right here and right now. You better pay attention to who you're putting in office. And I ain't just talking about the president. You better pay attention who you're voting for in local government. I'm dealing with that mess right now. You better pay attention who you're putting in Washington with senators and governors and all of this stuff. It's very, very important. Very, very important. And I ain't trying to make this political. But my goodness, we've got to do something. Because persecution ain't here right now, but it's coming. The church better get ready. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you this wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will live forever, and our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death was swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results to death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand what the scriptures are saying there? Is that you are going to put off mortality and you are going to put on immortality. Immortality means that you are going to live forever. That new glorified body that you got is going to live forever. Come on, somebody. You're not going to get sick anymore. Come on. You're not going to die anymore. Come on. You're not going to catch a cold anymore. There won't be no... COVID-19 for your body anymore. You are going to have an immortal body that will never die in this moment. In this moment, the saints of God at the rapture will be coming back. And we, they will, they will go first and then we will meet them in the clouds. And we will go back for the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's no more death at this point. Watch this. There's no more sin at this point. There's no more sin for the believer at this point. Now, let me correct myself because this is what's crazy, too. There's going to be immortal beings walking on the face of the earth, and there will still be mortal beings walking the face of the earth when we come back. Sorry, this can get a little deep. 
So when we come back, there will, we will govern, uh, which, oh, I'm getting to it in a second, but we will govern over beings that are still mortal while we are immortal. Powerful. Sin is gone. Paul is saying that if you are dead, you're getting a new body and will be raised up in the resurrection with Christ. Paul also just told us if you're alive, Christ comes for the rapture. If you're alive and you make it to the wedding banquet and God is giving you a new body. Come on, somebody. I don't know about y'all, but that gets me excited. I need a new body. Come on, somebody. I need a new back. Come on. I need some new ankles. I've been hard on myself. This withered hand of mine is, is, is going to get healed. I, 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 will, I will have a new body. Come on. I picture myself still being 6'5", but I got washboard abs, and I'm just, come on. My wife going to love my new glorified body. She's like, brother, get one now. <laughs> Arms be looking like the rocks. Just, yeah. Y'all forgive your pastor. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. So Paul here writes and says, do not be ignorant of such things, brothers and sisters. Do not be ignorant of these things. Do not be uninformed. Do not be misinformed on these issues because you need to encourage yourself with, one of, with these things. You need to encourage each other with these things. We need to encourage each other that he's coming back. Look, we face trial. We tri- face tribulation. We face the fire. We face all kind of stuff in this life, but the king is coming back. Don't let me forget what I've been preaching all day and for the last four or five weeks. The king is coming back. That's how we can encourage one another with these scriptures that the king is coming back make way for the king make room for the king of glory he's on his way and he's coming back he's here but he's still coming back I don't know about you but that sounds like an awesome God to serve the God that can be here and now and the God that's still coming come on somebody he's the great I am that means in your past he was that means in your present he is and in your future he's there Mm. which brings me to the marriage supper of the lamb And I'm really going to break this down next week. But Revelation chapter 19 talks about this in verse 7 and verse 9, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let's rejoice and be glad and give God glory because of the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has prepared herself. And it it was given her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Oh, I'm going to break that down next week. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Revelation 19, chapter, uh, chapter 19, verse 7 and 9. I'm almost done. Y'all bear with me just a couple of minutes. So the king is coming back with an assignment to pick up the bride for the great feast that is going to take place in heaven. From my eschatology study, eschatology is a big theological fancy word for the study of the second coming of Christ. It's the study of revelation. But in my study, I believe that the tribulation will be going on here on earth while we are at the marriage supper of the Lamb. The tribulation will last seven years. The tribulation will last seven years. A day is like uh, a thousand years and a thousand years like a day unto the Lord. We ain't even, we're going to be having dinner for about seven years and won't even know it. We're just going to be wrapped in the glory, just enjoying King Jesus sitting at a table with him as he shows us around the places that he has prepared for us. Come on, somebody. Jesus says, I am going and I must go that I will prepare a place for you. 
So we're with him. And then the millennial reign is where Christ is ruling, right? So from my eschatology study, I believe in the tribulation. We're, uh, we will be in heaven. And what will be going on on earth is tribulation. It is not going to be a good day for folks here on earth during the tribulation. You're going to be asking for them to, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and get right with Jesus. I know what just happened. Just take my head off because I need to go be with God because y'all don't even have no idea what's fixing to go on down here. It's going to be bad. Jesus says that nursing mothers in those days will wish that they had never had a child. People will hide in the mountains and in the rocks and they will say, God, just kill us because this is bad. The millennial reign will happen, and that is where Christ comes and rules for a thousand years here on earth, and Satan is locked up for that season. Y'all learning anything today? The millennial reign of Christ will come after the tribulation, and we, the saints of God, will return with God, as Revelation chapter 19 tells us, and then we will rule and reign the earth for a millennium, a thousand years. We will rule and reign the earth. Us believers will be the ones riding on those white horses in Revelation chapter 19, and we will be the governors of the earth. There will still be people here that we are governing. We are immortal, and they are mortal. Y'all all all right? Some good stuff, man. The Bible is just full of interesting good stuff. See, this is why I have the problem with the whole ticket being punched to heaven thing. It's not over when you go to heaven. You coming back. You're coming back. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.